Welcome back, guys. It is Encounter with God time, Bible study time here on The Breakfast Show. And, of course, don't forget this evening, the N.Digital. Yes. 7.30 this evening, Bible study this evening. So Revelation 13, first mm-hmm. half of Revelation 13, Bible study. Uh, that's what I'll, I will be getting into, followed by live Q&A straight after the show. So, so good. stay there for live Q&A. We will be looking forward to, uh, to seeing you there. Yeah, so good. Yes. All right, where are we up to? Uh, we're in our Bible study, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. In fact, we're going to be looking at a whole passage here from Philippians chapter 2. And this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. We've spent a bit of time on this in the past. Yeah. We're just going to spend some more time on it again. So <laughs> let's read these uh, first four verses. So Philippi, a bit of background. Philippi was a um, bit of a controversial church. They did like to get into a bit of argy-bargy at times. Mm-hmm. And... Paul is writing to them. Mm-hmm. So keep that in context. This was a church that was not afraid of strident theological debate. <laughs> and in that context, Paul writes what we're about to read. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, so Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 1 to 4 says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others also. Okay, do you, do you in the context of what we just shared about Philippi mm-hmm. as being a bit of a controversial church, mm-hmm. uh does this passage here now have another level of meaning to it? It does. You know what? I'm just going to quick side note. You know how when we see Paul first kind of interact with the church in Philippi in Acts? Yes. I can't remember what chapter, but somewhere there. Yes. I, in Acts. The small, yeah, the small, the small group that I'm part of, um, well, I'm part of too, but we're looking at Philippians in the church of Philippi, and we a couple of weeks ago we're looking at the story in Acts and going, you know, you had the women that he meets with, and they're like, "Hey, That's stay right. with us." And then you have they go get thrown in jail. Then you have the jailer. You, we were talking about how if you were to become part of this church, you would actually kind of know, hmm, there's some re- repercussions for believing this and sharing this message. Right? That's right. So just to so fill in, the, the just to fill in the gaps there for what Minnie was talking about, when Paul went to Philippi, he didn't find a synagogue to go and start no. teaching in. Yes. And so he's like, okay, where do we start here? And he heard a rumor that there were women who met every Sabbath to pray, yeah. to pray outside the church by the river. Beautiful little river, by the way. Go there and, and uh, drink some water and get baptized. Um, <laughs> it's a great spot. Um, so much nicer than the Jordan River. Everyone goes to get baptized in the Jordan River. I'm like, you want a biblical baptism? Philippi. That's better. Yeah, go go right. where, the, where, the, where the jailer was baptized. It's, yeah, right. just, it's just an awesome little river. But... Uh, so you know he preaches to the he preaches to the women that are gathered outside. Mm. That's a, within a Greek culture. That's a little bit yeah. That's his own thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a bit unusual. Mm. Then he's imprisoned mm-hmm. for preaching Jesus Christ. Yeah. Then and beaten and placed in the stocks, mm. both he and Silas. Then there's an earthquake. Mm-hmm. The prison collapses more or less. Yeah. They escape unharmed. But the jailer's about to commit suicide because he thinks, I'm going to be crucified, literally crucified. And he's like, I will fall on my sword before I am crucified. 
Mm. Crucifixion was a death that could take up to two weeks, and he's like, I'm not up for that. And so he uh, he's about to fall on his sword, which is the way that you committed suicide back in the day. And Paul's like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. We're all here. Mm. And he suddenly realizes that he's got prisoners here that had the opportunity to escape in the middle of the night, and haven't. Mm. And it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So Paul sits down with the jailer and his family and shares the gospel, shares why he's still there. Yeah, and because they were also after having beaten and put in jail, they were singing in prison. That's and right, they were singing absolutely, you know? absolutely. So the point I was going to make with that little what I was saying is. It actually kind of makes a lot of sense to me that then the church in Philippi that we read from Philippians would have had some pretty strong opinions and some conversations because now this may be totally me just making this up in my head, but it, I would imagine that if you are a part of the church beginning from that context going, yes. oh, our faith is going to cost us something, then your As, faith, your faith, and what you actually believe, yeah. is super important. Absolutely, but then if you're coming in and having people going, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, you're going to be like, well, no, we need to sort this out. We need to know, like, clearly where we stand on this, why we believe this, what we're going to do with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, because if, I'm going to, if I'm going to put my life on the yeah. line for it, or if I'm going to take forty lashes, yeah, for what I believe, absolutely, it has to be right. Mm-hmm. And if it's wrong, then that would be really sad to have 40 lashes for, you know, 39 lashes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They would always not give you the 40th one because that, the 40th one was the one that killed you. Yeah. So they keep you alive. Uh, they, they would always be, you know, um, really, really passionate about what they believe. Absolutely. And so it actually makes sense to me that I think, well, I know what your experience has been like, but... When I get passionate about something and if I think you're wrong, I won't tell you that you're an idiot, but I'll definitely be like, no, but I'm right. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just the nature of when, you, when you're when you so sure of something that you're like, you need to get this. Okay, so we have some churches like this that exist today mm-hmm. in any denomination. Absolutely. You have some churches that are just like the church in Philippi where people, where you have pa- people who are really passionate about what they believe yeah. and there's going to be disagreement. Mm. Because some are going to look at it this way, some are going to look at it that way, but for both of them this is something that they are prepared to die for and so they are also going to be prepared to argue for it. Absolutely. Is that passion a bad thing? No, until it causes division. That's right. And this is what Paul is is driving at here. Paul does not criticise them for their passion. No. He does not criticise them for... The fact that they are studying their Bibles and arguing the point backwards and forwards. He is encouraging them in the way they go about that. Yes. That is the issue. So I don't think that we should ever shy away from strident conversations Mm, mm -mm. and from challenging each other with... You know our knowledge of the Bible and and our knowledge of various concepts of the Bible because that's where we grow. That's where our yeah. our skills and our understanding of the Bible and of the character of God and who Jesus is and the plan of salvation. That's how they are sharpened mm. and 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 improved. So we shouldn't be shy away from that. But mm. there is a but in Philippi- <laughs> Philippians. But what does it say? If any of you has encouragement. From being united with Christ. Yeah. If any comfort from his love, 
if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. Mm, and so this is where Paul's like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to give you guys a hard time because you are keen about the Word of God. Yeah. And, that, and that's good. Which is great, yeah. Let's just do it in the Spirit of Christ. It's, and because I think maybe we've talked about this before, but there, you can have the message which is true, but the methods matter. Do you yes, know what I mean? You it's can called have different methods. holding the truth in unrighteousness. Yes, that's, yes. That's exactly Paul speaks what about that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you've got the truth. You are holding the truth. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely 100% the truth. Mm-hmm. You're just not living the truth. You are not presenting it like Jesus would present it, and so therefore you're failing. Yeah. And that's a challenge for all of us. You know, that's a, that's a major challenge for me right there because mm. I get pretty passionate about stuff sometimes. <laughs> I think some people have accused me of that. Um, and we need to hold the truth in righteousness and within the spirit and character of Jesus Christ and his love. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right. Uh, let me see. Where are we up to? We have, what we what did we read? The first four verses? Yes. Let's read verse 5. Okie dokie. So, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That's pretty much what you just said, wasn't it, before the break? Pretty much. What's, the, what's, the, what's the verb in this verse? Attitude? Okay, verb is... Uh, oh, it's a doing word. You have, but you have, you have to have a thing. That's the the only verb in. Read it, read it, read it to me in your translation. Maybe your translation. Mine just says you must have the. I same wouldn't be attitude. surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if your translation. Oh, go on up. then. Yeah. It says right. you must have the same attitude. The only thing it can be is have. Let me you have let something. me let me read it to you from the King James oh, version. Okay, go on then. Let this oh, yeah, mind okay. be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay, so let. Let let is your action word. It's your doing word. Yes. And that sounds kind of easy, doesn't it? Mm, until you actually try to apply Like, oh, let Jesus, let the mind of Jesus come in. Okay, all right, I'll do that. Yep. Easy peasy, yeah. Easy peasy. No. No. <laughs> in fact, for a Christian, this is right there, outlined in that verse, the greatest and hardest battle mm. that any Christian will ever fight. Yeah. And that is the battle to let, to let Jesus come in. Mm-mm. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I'll come in and I will sup with him. Beautiful passage. Really illustrates the kind of close, personal, intimate relationship that Jesus Christ wants to have with every one of us. However, in the day-to-day circumstances of life, when the crisis arises, and a crisis is going to arise at some point in your day, everybody, nobody's day goes by without some kind of crisis. Mm. The question is always going to be posed to us, sometimes in a split second, will you let Jesus, will you let Ooh. the mind of Christ be in? Imagine if you heard the... Like, if you just imagine those words when you're like, in the, of God just being like, "Will you let me?" Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, so here's your challenge. Oh. Here's your here's your challenge for today, Minnie. I want you to go through this whole day and look for the crisis or crises as they come. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this just to you, Minnie. Okay, I'm gonna say this to you, listener. Uh-huh. 
as you go through this day, look for the crises that will come. And the crisis, you will know when the crisis arises because there will be an instant emotional reaction. Mm, and something will arc up inside of you. It's that instantly like there's that, there is that tension, there is that stress. The moment that you feel those stress hormones hit your bloodstream, like that, that split second when it, those stress hormones hit oh. your bloodstream, <laughs> yeah. ask yourself this simple question, can I let Jesus come in right now? And you know what? I'm just going to continue with that thought. Uh-huh. That is one of the biggest things I think for me this year has been such a challenging point. That I was like, oh, I didn't know that when I got, say, stress. We'll use that as All an right. emotion. Yes. Um, I'm horrendous for, for, no, I don't know how to say it. I'll be stressed. And even if I'm like, bringing it to Jesus, it's still very much my stress, if that makes sense. Like, I'm holding that. This is my thing because I was yes. like, oh, I'm just panicked and there's all the things. <laughs> I'm here, and Jesus, and I have lots of this stress. Yeah, and I'm just – See all of I'm my stress. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at all of this stress that I have. <laughs> yeah. Can you deal with the stress that I'm hanging on to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was – and then I remember saying to someone, and I don't even know who it was, that I was like, oh, I only just realized that in that place I, I don't go to Jesus for comfort from this. Because and we talk about you know comfort eating or doing this or doing that like there are so many things you can fill your life with like pick basically yep. any activity anything yep. you want it can be great it can be reading an awesome book books aren't inherently evil I should think reading is fantastic but if that's my go to if that's my go to instead of Jesus it's a problem uh huh you know <laughs> there yes, is look <laughs> there is there is. Yeah, and sometimes you know we take our stress to Jesus to show Him our stress, yeah. rather than to give Him our stress. Yeah, ooh, <laughs> truth bombs. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I'm just yes. I just want to connect that verse back to as well to verse four. My my version says, "Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too." In regards to what we we're just talking about, with you have an emotional response, whatever the emotional response is, I think that's when it often is hardest to look out for others. Because we're like, oh, but I'm in this space and it definitely feels like the hardest space to be, whatever the emotion, whatever the situation is. And so I think that like the fact that it's speaking into this church, whatever the situation is, whatever the specific maybe argument or whatever is, it's just like, well, hold on, hold on. I know this feels like the most important thing and you must have this sorted out right now, but just give it some breathing room. Take a deep <laughs> breath. Yeah. And let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yes, that's the biggest challenge, the biggest struggle right there. Let's uh, unpack a little bit more of what that actually means Mm. because Paul goes on from here to gently remind them of the kind of, you know, of the mind of, of Jesus Christ. And, you know, he's the master teacher. Let's learn from Jesus Christ because Paul's like, okay, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who was actually like this. Yeah. In case you in case you had forgotten. Yeah, that's right. Just, that's let me right. just remind you. And for all of those Philippians who were getting involved in a bit of theological argy-bargy, this is kind of like the... You know the biblical rebuke, mm-hmm. the, the the kind of the the slap in the face, so to speak, which is really really nice, but it's a it's a very very powerful reminder, and a reminder for us to stop and ask the question: Okay, how, how am I behaving right now? Mm. You know, and this is particularly relevant for us guys because we're competitive by nature. 
You know, you talk about you talk about you talk about guys, and you get two guys together. It's just a matter of time mm-hmm. until they start to compete. As, and most of the time that I've witnessed, it's not spoken. No, it's we there. don't need to. Yeah. We don't need to. We, 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 we're guys. We're, yeah. it's, it's it's just going to happen. Uh-huh. We are going to start competing <laughs> just because we are in the presence of another male. Mm-hmm. It's how it happens. We even have a basketball competition happening right here in the studio where we throw pieces of paper from one side to the other. It's fun to watch every day. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's – and when we look at the mind of Christ and how Christ approached this whole kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. competition is all about, you know, me first. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not talking about having a bit of fun and throwing, you know, paper balls around the studio, but we need to be aware of what makes that spirit of competition rise up in us that drives us to try and be better than somebody else. And while that whole spirit is just consuming us, and think about that for a moment while we read this next verse. Next two verses. Okay, so though he was God... He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Yeah, that's just about as um, anti-human nature (laughs) as you can possibly get right there. And fully highlights that the whole let this mind stay in you Man, that's never going to be your strength. Do you know what I mean? Because uh-huh. you're not going to choose any of these things no. just because you're like, mm, it's the right thing to do. Yes. You'll, you'll get, we can make right decisions, but we grow really weary really quickly of doing it until it's Jesus and then you're like, all right, like, I don't have this. <laughs> okay, so, so Bruce has texted in. Oh, brilliant. And Bruce is somebody who is fascinated by words. Oh, yeah. And he finds, you know, the same word here, the same word there, or he'll find an object lesson inside mm-hmm. of a word. Uh, and he has found something here with the word let. Okay, tell okay, us. Okay, and this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Right, so let is the same word God used to create the world when he says, what, you know, let there be light, let there be mm-hmm. land, let there be, you know, stars, let there be moon, let there be the sun. This is the word that God uses to create the world. And when he says, let us, he is recreating oh. Us. That's cool. Yes, Bruce. That is seriously cool right there. Bruce has absolutely nailed it. Yeah, what a comment. That's awesome. Because the creative power of God that created that spoke the worlds into existence, the universe into existence, is the same creative power Mm. that changes your character. Fully. Yeah. No lack with the power of God. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're talking about the Philippian church and how they were really passionate about what they believed. I mean, mm-hmm. their life was on the line, so you'd want to be passionate about it. <laughs> but we were talking about how that you can hold the truth in unrighteousness, how Paul is encouraging these people to, like, yeah, okay, he's not, he's not, he's not trying to, he doesn't say anything against their passion, mm. but he's like, do this with the attitude of Christ. And so... Um, Raphael's text in, there is also a demonic passion that led to the Inquisition of the Dark Ages. Oh. So these people were passionate about what they believed. Yeah, yeah. 
And that led them to kill and murder people、mm-hmm. and to be demon possessed. You know that? And that's, that's actually that's, a really good point. Yes. So, passion in and of itself,、yeah. without Jesus Christ, and this is what Paul's outlining here、yeah. you let this mind be in you. Sure, be passionate, but let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus.、Mm-hmm. Passion without Jesus Christ leads people in a very, very dark and dangerous path.、Mm. Yeah, it's not enough to just be like, oh, I was convicted. Yeah, that's right. They, it could be true, but like, be careful of where that takes you. That's right.、Mm. Okay, so another,、uh, another text message here. Prophetically, I believe Trump will win. Okay. As he has the backing of the relig- religious right, the Democrats don't. Therefore, the unity of church and state and last day events, I believe, favor Trump. By the way, I could be wrong. <laughs> Love these predictions. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't know. You could be right. You could be wrong. But it's certainly something that is、uh, well worth、uh, following and watching, particularly、mm. in light of Bible prophecy. And that, of course, is why we are running the N.Digital right now, is so that we can highlight what the Bible has to say about the United States in these tumultuous times when people are so just polarized、mm. and angry over all kinds of stuff. I mean, you have a, a cavalcade of, of cars just, just doing a, a, a pro Trump support drive through New York and it gets pelted with rocks.、Mm. You know, this is, this, is, this is the land of the free. I lived there for three and a half years. Great country. What is going on? Oh, I was going to say, I wouldn't probably choose to live there now. <laughs> it wouldn't be my first choice. You know, I, I, I could guarantee that if you went to, say, if you went to America right now, you went to Northwoods where my in laws live, you wouldn't see any of this. That's true.、Yeah. You just love it. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's true. We, we only hear the few isolated、mm. situations that happen, you know, that, that hit the media.、Mm. The average American is not like this at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm.、Um, on either side of the political divide. But it's tragedy to see it happening in a, such a great country. I think it is getting worse. Oh, no question、mm-hmm. about that. No question about that.、Uh, social media is driving our world towards polarization. Okay. I concur, actually. It is.、Yeah. It's an algorithm that is driving our world because basically what social media does is it creates an echo box for you. Yes. To tell you own, you're right all the time. Tell you you are right.、Yeah. You only ever hear your own voice、yeah. telling you you are right. Yeah. And you become more and more and more convinced and more and more black and white about it. And that、mm-hmm. is what our Bible study is all about. Yeah. Because we can be passionate about things and we can be convinced about things and we can believe that we are right about things, but do we do it with the Spirit of Christ? Do we let this mind be in us,、mm. which was also in Christ Jesus? So think about this over the next week or three, because we're going、well, to ha- go, go through turmoil、mm. over the next three weeks during this election period in the US. Mm. Particularly, America is going to, go over, going to go through turmoil. Every one of us is going to be prompted to say things. Some of us will be prompted to do things、mm. because of our passionate political beliefs. Whenever that happens, stop and take a breath just before it does. As, once again, as you feel that those emotional hormones hit your, hit your bloodstream. Stop and ask, am I doing this in the mind of Christ?、Mm. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, 
thought it not robbery to be equal with God, mm. but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the, himself the form of a servant, you know, and the likeness of man. I remember someone saying a few years ago, don't even remember who, don't remember what the context was. I might have even said it on the radio before, but I'm going to say it again because I think, I think it's still very valid. Uh, and they went, um, yeah, Jesus always spoke the truth and sometimes it actually hurt and sometimes it hit hard. But he was also, he was willing to die for you, for you to have that message of truth, right? And so pretty much the point I'm making was the next time you feel that you must educate someone on what's right, would you be willing to die for them to have that truth? Like, right? That, that, okay. I haven't heard you say that on radio oh, okay. before because if I had, I would remember that. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? That's profound. Because that's what Jesus did. He's like, yeah, he hit some hard truths, like some <laughs> some pretty sort of like they were cut to the heart. Because we see people who are willing to die for what they believe to be truth. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And in recent years, of course, we've seen that mostly amongst amongst Islamic people, but also amongst Christians yeah. who are prepared to die and to sacrifice their life for what they passionately believe to be truth. Mm-hmm. But were they, are they prepared to die mm-hmm. for the people who passionately believe they are wrong? Yeah. Because that's what Jesus did yeah. and that's the difference. And that's a true martyr. Yeah. You know, if you're just dying for yourself, that's not you're not really a martyr. Mm. A true martyr is somebody who believes that this is this truth is believes in that truth so passionately they are willing to give their lives for the person who doesn't believe it, who opposes it, yep. who is fighting against it. Many that is that <laughs> is like the massive that is the truth bomb of the day. No, it is. And like, because, yeah, I remember I sat with that for months. <laughs> like when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this changes so much. It does. Because, you know, and I don't know, I've had, you know, when I was younger, I remember people saying to me, and I, I'm not saying it's wrong, but they said, you know, sometimes we need to re- rebuke people because, and I don't disagree with that, but I'm yeah. like, hold on, Jesus rebuked, he also died for them. You know, like, what, am I, is my rebuke that important? Or do See, I just want the them to, do I want to be right? As human beings, most of the time we rebuke people because we feel insecure. Mm. And we want, to, we, we, want, we, want to, we want to kill those feelings of insecurity. Mm. And so I was like, well, I'm pretty bad, but I'm not as bad as that yeah, person. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's where the Bible says, by comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, we become fools. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is now time for... Question of the day. Okay, so the question today is basically how do you understand Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 to 28? Don't say the transfiguration. Okay, so how do you understand Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 to 28, and don't say the transfiguration? Mm-hmm. Okay, Should that we- is... An impossibility, and it would do violence to the Bible, hmm. not to mention the transfiguration. And let me share with you why. I was going to say, do you want to quickly read the verse so people... Yes, I will read the okay, verse here okay. in just a moment. Uh, the, the reason why is because when it comes to understanding the Bible, the Bible demands that you read it in context. Mm, 
Yeah. It just simply demands that you read it in context. The second thing is people are like, oh, well, you know, chapter 16, verse 27, 28, that doesn't relate to the transfiguration that is in chapter 17. Okay, first of all, the chapters in the Bible mm. were placed in there by a man by the name of Stephen Langton, Archbishop of Canterbury, who lived from about 1100 and I think I wrote it down somewhere, 1150 to 1228. And before that, those chapter divisions did not exist and they don't exist in the original documents. They're just useful helps. Mm -hmm. And so there's no division between Jesus' statement here and the transfiguration. So let's read Jesus' statement. In verse 28, the Bible says, 27, For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not, Die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There are two separate statements here. Hmm. The first statement is found in verse 27. The Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father. The second statement is the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Those are two separate statements. They are not the same. Because the next word says, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James and his two brothers, John, and led them up into a high mountain alone. Mm. That's the very next thing that the Bible says. So the, Jesus is making a statement. That statement is being recorded. And then the writers of the Bible are giving you the answer to what Jesus just said. So we can sit here and make up our own answer or we can run with the answer that the authors of the Bible give. And the authors of the Bible give a very, very plain answer. And they say this was fulfilled in relationship to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not the the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay, now, if you have any questions over that at all, Peter comes back and he clarifies it. Just in case you weren't clear on it, Peter comes back and clarifies it. And so you'll find this in, uh, let's see, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. Notice what Peter says. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice what he's talking about. Mm. He's talking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice from hev- uh, voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came f- from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain. And so what does Peter do? Peter's like, okay, just in case you guys were wondering, you know, whether that was connected to the transfiguration or not, let me remove all doubt. It was. That was all about, what Jesus said there was all about the transfiguration. Mm -hmm. And we saw his coming in power and great glory. What is significant right here in this passage is that when Jesus comes, he doesn't just come to the mountain of transfiguration in power and great glory, but he comes with Moses resurrected from the dead, Elijah translated without seeing death, which is exactly what will happen when Jesus returns. This was a type of the final great event that will take place when Jesus comes back. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.